Namaste and welcome to the final episode of our series of podcasts on mental health. In the previous episodes, we spoke to teenagers, young people and to the parents of preteens. We heard from an expert in child and adolescent psychiatry and we also got the Bharatiya perspective on mental health. Today, the three of us co-anchors, Reena, Shalini and myself Rekha, will summarize what we learned on this journey that we undertook together. We will talk about the causes, triggers and some possible solutions to the problems faced by children and young people. Before we started, there was one question on our minds. How real is this mental health crisis that we keep hearing about? In the very first episode, Reena, didn't the young teens tell us that it can sometimes be a cry for attention? Yes, indeed. Uh, in fact, I think in, in our days, uh, mental health, we used to hear it uh, as a very rare, uh, you know, sort of mention. But today, when I hear um, the teenagers and even some preteens speak about this, <laughs> it was cause for worry. And um, when we go down into the causes, mostly we see that um, children have a way of seeking uh, what is their identity and seeking attention through this and um, end up through this kind of, uh, you know, uh, search uh, in, in social media and the kind of access that they have today towards, uh, I mean, to gadgets is much, much more than what we had in terms of, uh, be it, uh, you know, the Doordarshan and the TV that we had back in the days. That was the only distraction. But today, um, children, you know, uh, as young as uh, 10 uh, and above do have their phones and, uh, you know, their iPads. So they are on their own, literally. And um, the time that, you know, parents get to spend with uh, children, uh, especially given that most households are uh, nuclear today and uh, both parents are working, there uh, isn't much time time as a family together and hence the attention that they get uh, is uh, you know much lesser than that what we used to have and hence their attention is coming from the internet from their peer groups and from their online community who are all uh, in the same platforms as as they are and from there you know stems the whole gender identity and other crises which contribute a lot to the mental health situation today see actually you said no parents both parents working well, for for instance, yeah. even both my parents were working, okay. But I think the nature of work has also changed, you know, these sure. days. Uh, my parents, they went to their workplace at a certain time. They came back at a certain time and then it was switched <laughs> off. Work was work, home was home. And the rest of the time was all for the home, you know. So uh, I think there is a difference in the way we work now also, you know. The office never ends. And ends. it's like... <laughs> because we no... have our gadgets too. Uh, besides, yeah. Apart from the office, yes. we have gadgets. So we are also stuck and... in the same sort of cycle where things are just getting um, boundaryless. There are no boundaries anymore. And I think that's also causing this problem. I really don't know how we can, uh, you know... Uh, get out of such a situation because today's workplace also seems to be the kind that demands your uh, attention practically at all times you know uh, we don't ever switch off from our jobs also you know there is no clean break yes. at all so Shalini don't forget the work from home here <laughs> yeah true 
Yeah. It's complicated life a lot more, right? You don't know when you're at work and you don't know when you're at home. And uh, how can a young child tell the difference really? So we can't even blame them for feeling this uh, thing, you know, that uh, they have more issues with mental health and things like that. They are not seeing any uh, examples also that, you know, have some fixed times, fixed ways of working. There's no discipline to anything. It's all very uh, fluid. You know, the, the whole lifestyle is very fluid. So I think that also causes and that probably, you know, this is uh, also the reason for this kind of thing that both uh, the teens as well as the 20 somethings that we spoke to, all of them mentioned meaninglessness, you know, so probably this also because yes. we don't have any discipline we don't have a structure to the way we live everything is fluid so where do you find that stability that meaning when everything is fluid no so the probably that's also adding to this issue uh, yeah shalini from what we uh, from what i remember of all the episodes that we did i think i identified three you know three threads really one is identity crisis, one is attention seeking. And uh, then, of course, there's this all pervasive meaninglessness. These three seems, seem to be issues that really bother kids and young people today. And uh, identity crisis, of course, is uh, it, it's not easy, right? I mean, they are at an age where they have questions. Who am I? Is, the, is a question that we all asked. But uh, these days, it's gotten really confused with, uh, you know, gender questions that we never had before. So those are some of the new things, you know, and uh, each of these crises can be, uh, to an extent possible, addressed in different ways, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think bringing in some more discipline. I mean, I, I think as parents, we also have to, uh, you know, pause and take uh, stock of where we are going also, you know. So I think we need to bring in some measure of discipline, hard though it may be into our own lives. Um, we have to set some examples by which, you know, kids can imbibe things. Uh, I think also, you know, activities that keep them away from things like the gadgets, which are primarily responsible for them getting into these kind of issues. Uh, I think we should involve them in activities, you know, the, indulge their hobbies, uh, do things together, you know, uh, bond more with community, keep in touch with grandparents, you know, something that keeps them busy and away from the gadgets. That I think probably will help to some extent. And these, I think, are things that parents already know, you know, in some way or the other. But we are not able to bring that uh, discipline back into our lives. What do you say, uh, Rina? What more can we yeah, do? In fact, um, in terms of the like the discipline that you mentioned um i do recall that we also had um you know a certain uh, kind of discipline and today if we look at it i mean there are a number of apps and uh, you know what not to help us uh you know track uh, even things like how much water we are drinking how many steps we were walked and stuff but then uh, yeah uh, <laughs> 
how do we ensure that uh, that adds meaning uh, to our kids and to ourselves uh, is something that we need to uh, sort of reflect upon i feel that here um, you know when um, of course when you uh, are ready to you know start a family uh, itself it should start from that you know very stage as to when you're bringing another life into this world uh, where are you in terms of your own you know sort of discipline and routine and that uh, has to flow into you know your um, your children's uh, lifestyle as well and i feel um, very little steps can help here uh, what i've seen working with uh, many of the kids uh, who who do not seem to have or are not yet in into this whole mental health uh, sort of situation is when um, the parents have little bit of time at least to take out in their day or in the week even if it is not every day every 2 3 days at least if they are able to you know bring in uh, some quality time even if it is 15 minutes sitting down and talking to them about their school or uh, getting involved and doing things that uh, you know are away from their uh, you know f- physical spaces that are filled with gadgets and um you know all sorts of distractions maybe you know um going cycling together or, or maybe doing a weekly kind of routine where you know they eat a dinner or lunch or packed lunch or something outside in the lap of nature these are things that can bring in um, i think a difference and um, uh, one of the things that struck me um is that as kids i remember that we had uh, we found joy in the mundane however today it is uh, always for the kids uh, a run from one class to another and in that how much of joy is there i, I really you know sometimes question so if we are able to you know incorporate uh, small things like i don't know uh, i come from the whole <laughs> very obsessed with the sustainability uh, and and in that kind of world and i feel that um, if we give children the opportunity at a very young age to play with soil um, understand how you know where our food comes from or um, involve them in you know a, a small balcony garden things like this uh, when they see a plant growing when they see you know or attend to a pet or Uh, spend uh, you know time understanding how, what is the cycle of nature through composting or you know things like that I, i'm i'm saying you know just examples from uh, sustainability but there are a number of things um, uh, that that you know uh, a parent can actually involve their kids in and these are things that will give them a sense of meaning in my um, you know humble opinion and i feel that sometimes you know we tend to complicate it as okay we have to find meaning for the children it's not some esoteric pursuit really um it 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 really comes in the very in the most you know simplest of things that uh, you can do together and 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 there are you know there are festivals there is um there is uh, if you're living in a community then you know going and meeting different age group and uh, going for walks together uh, the opportunities are endless it's just that we just have to probably just bring that back into our you know conscious you know sort of routines as such uh, you know rena what uh, when you spoke about your childhood what i was reminded of uh, my childhood <laughs> i was never allowed to sleep beyond 6 am so oh yes so remember yes. that it's, it's a very yeah. common yeah. Um, thing that our parents yeah. did you know did perhaps you're shamed in front of cousins <laughs> yeah you're shamed in front of cousins if you are you know uh, 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 not an early riser right so uh, yeah. it is it is um, and and it has contributed because today if we look at it in terms of the dinacharya that we spoke about just to get back to that point um, okay. if we don't have our children getting at least you know half an hour of the beautiful sun then um, i mean it is affecting uh, their physical health but also their mental health right and 
waking up early uh, having a bath having a sort of ritual before you know you uh, eat together these are all may seem very uh, you know um, disparate things but they actually are the ones that uh, you know bring that sense of uh, doing something together as a family and doing it in a certain way so having or developing a family uh, dinacharya i think can really address the whole meaninglessness and uh, attention sort of uh, issues that we see with uh, at least the teens and yes because typically the teens are the time when this kind of falls off the cliff you know the dinacharya mm-hmm. i feel because they start staying up later and later and they wake up late mm-hmm. and when you wake up at say 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock which is you know i mean not so uncommon these days Um, yeah it's bad I mean, for the court yeah yeah there's yeah. there's a big difference between waking up at 6 or 7 and uh, yeah, and waking up at uh, you know when the sun is high above at least uh, in in india it really makes no sense to wake up that late and uh, this mind body connection is something that we have totally lost right because when the body is um, happy you know the heart is happy the body is happy and you have a certain structure that the body gets used to i feel you're much less likely to end up with uh, mental health issues and meaninglessness right there's a structure to your day and there's a routine that you can look forward to and of course i mean we're talking about teens but even the youngest of young children they do really much better when there is a routine when they know what to expect and when the same thing happens um as a cycle right day after day at least in terms of the time and what is controllable very true very true yeah because today it's become fashionable to sleep in as late as you can and stay awake till the wee hours of the morning that is that is the din- actually that is the dinacharya of today's teens and uh, uh, you know young young adults they it's sort of you know if you don't follow that routine then you're a boring person it is like that so it's it, at some level it's also peer pressure you know everybody is staying yes. up so late so if uh, yeah their friends I are up you know, late i'm going to bed at 9:30 oh so yeah. uh, so like a baby you are or some you know some <laughs> night comment will come like that you know so yes uh, yeah. it's also something you know, that collectively and- we have to make children feel you know that it's uh, worthwhile going to bed early and yeah. having a more structured lifestyle and somewhere it's so nice if you are up in the morning and you get the initial uh, feel of the day you know that it sets the tone for the day really so if you're getting up at 12 and 1 and what are you talking about you know how the day is gone it's like so ridiculous how can you turn the clock is- that way you know No, there's also a certain way to tell children though i mean if you uh, insist on these things it's not going to work you know we we are not in that day and age but uh, if you look at the latest research you know about with circadian circadian uh, rhythms and all that they are coming back to the same wisdom right i mean the the 100 million dollar study like my father in law likes to joke about this all the time the things that we already know are coming yeah. out with the 100 million dollar studies these days and That so um, yeah so so we are coming back to the same thing i mean uh, they are giving out nobel prizes these days for discoveries like circadian rhythms and for the ekadashi uh, fast <laughs> for the ekadashi fast 
So perhaps, you know, there's there's a way to, um, unfortunately, we're living in times where cloaking things in uh, science is the only thing that will perhaps attract attention of uh, young people. But, uh, but then that makes it so true, right? So it validates what you're saying. And so you don't have to uh, wield the stick anymore. It's the scientific study saying the same thing. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, holding on to, you know, um, the language and the, uh, you know, currency in which they are uh, hearing from their peers and from their, you know, groups, uh, that really helps because then um, we're not talking about some, you know, <laughs> I don't know, regressive <laughs> old uh, Indian, you know, value. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you true. know, that the latest science says this and, uh, you know, kids in America are being told this and uh, unfortunately we are at, <laughs> we are in that stage and uh, we'll have to make it help for them through, uh, you know, by, by quoting these uh, you know studies yeah but it's also common sense i mean there there is a rare child here and there who does see the you know common sense aspect of this something that yeah. uh, i mean you know people all around the world have lived by for like thousands of years you know wake up at a certain time wake up by sunrise sleep early you know these are the things that every culture every civilization was like this so this is a very recent yes. thing right staying up late and waking up late so to that extent it's nothing new it is tried and tested formula so while we are talking about um you know um what is in our control uh within the family setup which is you know uh, setting up a discipline spending time with kids etc um we cannot deny the reality of how um uh, external factors play a role in what you know our children feel and uh you know go through today so uh if we look at the kind of media and the kind of entertainment that is coming at our kids and uh, in the platforms that they are on. This, I think, plays a huge role, uh, as you know, um, some of our uh, earlier podcasters also mentioned, uh, in how they view the world and what are the kind of um, uh, help that is available to them uh, outside of, you know, their relied uh, circle of trust, right? So uh, I think if we can speak about what, what are those, uh, you know, um, media out there or games and books that they are consuming? How is that impacting, you know, our children and, and their mental health today? Um, yeah, media is a big one. Yeah, it's uh, very, um, it's very worrying for parents because this is something that uh, you cannot fully control because the gadgets are there, uh, television is there, OTT content is there and uh, kids get to know from their friends what to watch. And, um, you know, there is like ever racier con content being uh, pushed at kids. So this is um, definitely a cause for concern. Um, this is probably the area that is very closely related to identity formation, unfortunately, because uh, we yes. talked about three problems, right? We talked about uh, meaninglessness. And some of that can be, I think, uh, you know, addressed through uh, core um, activities, core family activities, or maybe uh, activities of a religious nature, like seva, or uh, going to the temple festivals, you know, all these things are core activities. I think it can uh, help with the feeling of meaninglessness. But identity is a very big issue. And uh, unfortunately, all these, um, you know, the third party content that you have, is probably contributing to giving your child an identity 
uh, that they aspire to. They are starting to see themselves in terms of labels provided by these um, um, you know, TV shows or whatever it is that they're watching. And um, also here, especially for Hindu children, I think there is a further danger, right? Because um, there is really no positive portrayal of uh, uh, anything remotely Hindu that is happening today in the media. So for Hindu children, I would say that this identity crisis is um, um, a very big problem. And um, it's probably uh, the most difficult thing for a parent to manage because it's really not fully in your control. So what can a parent um, do about it? Can we try and influence the makers of policy? What do you think, Reena? Yeah, so um, before even the policy level, I feel that, uh, I mean, um, see, uh, teenagers, when the kids start watching, I feel that, you know, content on their own, like uh, unsupervised. And of course, I mean, we can go into like parental controls and there are some measures that uh, a parent can do. But uh, ultimately, um, what uh, as parents we choose uh, to watch or consume is going to be playing a huge role in what our children choose as well, while there is, you know, peer pressure. So um, I, I will take, you know, like the example of my own child, and I know that, you know, um, uh, it's not uh, probably representative of the majority, but then I feel if if we are able to discuss openly um, and point out uh, what is being shown is not really, you know, uh, something to aspire for. For example, I remember uh, one of the big celebrities, you know, came out in the open and said, oh, I've been through depression too. And uh, even if it could happen to me, then it can happen to you. And it's, uh, uh, it was a very, um, it was a statement that normalized depression. And I, while I agree that, yes, it should not be shunned away or it should not be pushed under the carpet, um, the glorification of that is where uh, we need to see the problem. Uh, that, you know, a child can look at it and say, oh, you know, uh, uh, if if this celebrity can be depressed, then I can be depressed too. Even though you're not depressed and you don't have any reasons to be depressed, you want to be because then that is, uh, you know, being cool or being, um, you know, um, I don't know what is the other word uh, in today's generation. So if we along with our kids are able to watch things together as much as possible and uh, what's you know sometimes you have to it's a give and take I feel that you know sometimes you have to watch mm -hmm. what they watch as well um, which may not be you know something that you want to, them to learn but then watching that and having a critical conversation uh, you know finding out what the kids think about that sort of a portrayal of let's say a Hindu priest or uh, you know um, uh, a, a ritual that we you know revere uh, being mocked at these are things that can spark and uh, trigger some level of curiosity in uh, what is the real you know uh, narrative that the media platforms and the games and whatever it is that they're consuming uh, are trying to, you know, sort of uh, push uh, through these mediums. This is one aspect. There's also from the school side, you know, even what they're yeah. learning in school uh, isn't particularly, uh, what shall we say, friendly towards the True. Indian perspective, <laughs> you know. So where do yes. we start on that also? That's a very big issue, you know. Uh, particularly in the social sciences. Uh, we can say there is some measure of uh, uh, 
there is some measure of objectivity when it comes to the hard sciences, maths, all that, even while, you know, arguably even there we can be a little bit more uh, accommodative of the Indian perspective. But particularly in the social sciences, the Indian civilization, such a short shrift to it, you know, so uh, how it's difficult. And then uh, what are the options that you have? You can choose to um, homeschool, which is which is a growing uh, phenomenon these days. But I don't know. It. I mean, in my view, uh, there are there are positives definitely. But a child also needs peers, you know. So that how will you provide something like that? You know, it's uh, it's important for the child to also grow up as a in in a child environment and. No, engage with other children. So that's one issue that we have with homeschooling. Besides, I don't know that it's uh, it's a proper possibility in India. Uh, it may be possible if you're outside uh, more. You know that uh, you can homeschool. Um, the other yeah. way is to it's you know mainstream uh, choice. You know, for parents. Yeah, it's also, not a mainstream. That's to true. And uh, you know, kids because yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, let's face it, it's not for everyone. Even in India, there are yeah. very successfully homeschooled children. I know them. Um, and the parents are doing a fabulous job. But not every parent is equipped with that level of uh, patience, understanding and intelligence to foresee, you know, like, what the kid could encounter, what is lacking. I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. So, um, so not maybe practical also, right? Rekaji, because, yeah. uh, People cannot do it because they do have practical issues as well. Because if they are going to be, you know, having to be the one who's the breadwinner and they need to have their finances in order, it's not something that they can afford, right? To be able to homeschool the kid and, you know, stay at home. So by all that is there, I feel that the one thing that parents can do is provide them with alternate views. Always give uh, you know um, your perspective and then also expose them to the opposing views and be that you know a uh, person who's able to nudge uh, you know um, common sense or um, the actual uh, you know agenda of things that they watch so that is something that you know parents can do uh, but that you know begs on the question of how much do parents, uh, you know, themselves know? Are they in control of their own lives and, uh, you know, their own yeah. physical, mental, emotional health? Uh, and um, that's that true. Always... It, is, it, is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it is difficult. It is difficult. And one hugely underrated aspect I find is uh, involvement with a hobby or a sport. Um, you know, that straightaway takes a lot of the free time um, I mean, it can be negative and positive because like uh, Rina mentioned, you do want a child to kind of do nothing and explore sometimes and not schedule all their time. But on the flip side, having too much free time uh, these days, you know, doesn't mean that the child is uh, sitting and drawing or gazing at the stars. It just means that they're watching one reel after another. So in such a situation, um, a hobby can really um, help out with uh, two things, right? You You find some... Uh, meaning say you're playing a sport you keep on improving you know you you play and uh, you have a much healthier outlet even for your physical energy and uh, similarly something like dance or uh, music um, gives uh, gives the child an exposure to some uh, beauty right beauty joy aesthetics 
So because uh, from so, what I have seen, it 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 certainly looks to me like many of the children who are coming up with uh, you know meaninglessness, um, and as a result of that, some mental health condition. Um, are the ones who who just go to school and come back home and do nothing else in the sense they're not actively involved in any hobby and uh, so I, f- I feel personally um, I'm a big uh, supporter of uh, um, you know the dance music and fine arts and I feel that it gives children an exposure to um, what our civilization really is and so when they encounter a wrong narrative, they are able to take from their experience and immediately tell that the narrative is wrong because what I am feeling is really different. In fact, that's an excellent uh, you know, a way to also uh, balance the outlook, uh, like you said, uh, Rekaji, because what happens is um, when they are uh, you know, exposed to, see, whatever said and done, any of the classical uh, you know, arts, if they are uh, engaged in, um, the, the Hindu um, you know, philosophy is uh, you know, full of it, uh, whether it's a Nati Shastra text or you know, Carnatic music songs. Um, there is a, a certain you know, familiar that the child develops at a very young age if we put them in that kind of from that kind of age uh, that the child develops so be it uh, a madurashtakam or you know whatever that Mm -hmm. they learn they do uh, you know come across the um, alternative of um, you know there is um, uh, just you know one life and you'll have to finish everything uh, you know uh, you're missing out so all the factors that we speak about which sort of um, aggravate this sort of um, impatience in in children of uh, you know not missing out on things or uh, that I'll have to you know do this by the time I'm 20 there are a number of bucket lists that they see on Instagram and uh, all these platforms uh, as an alternative to that, when they are able to, you know, sort of uh, familiarize themselves with texts that talk about, you know, eternity, about multiple lives, about, you know, fairness that is minted uh, throughout uh, these lives, there is that balance that is created. And um, they are all smart kids and they are able to, you know, discern from these things uh, what you know, each of these worldviews uh, are telling them and hopefully, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we can hope that probably uh, in their, uh, you know, 20s and when they are an adult, they are able to see what are these two things telling us and where, you know, meaning lies actually. So, uh, we've talked about identity, we've talked about meaning to life. The third dimension is the attention seeking, you know, it's very natural for kids to seek attention. And uh, we all do. We all like to be important for somebody, uh, for ourselves. It just gives a lot of uh, confidence and you know self-worth. So one thing what we heard uh, some of our guests speak about, particularly I think the 20, uh, 20 plus year old uh, girls, that you know it was important that you had a very good bonding with your parents you know what they said was that uh, they saw that problems mental health issues all these seem to have more incidence in children who did not have a connect with their parents you know so uh, I think that is also something that parents need to uh, consciously sort of nurture and develop with their kids in order to at least uh, 
I don't think, you know, that any parent can claim that just because I have a good relationship that my child will not uh, face any issues. But it probably the scale and the effects of something hitting them will be a little less if you have a good relationship with them. Of course, in uh, perhaps in our times, it wasn't so much uh, parents consciously building a relationship with their kids. But by their lifestyle, I think they imparted a lot of things to their children. But today, I think it uh, it's important for the parents to actually visibly and consciously spend time, build the relationship and hope that that will keep their children safe from suffering severe issues uh, like many do these days. That's that's always a good deposit in the bank. Very true. Yes. And if something should happen, the chances of coming back are much higher if the relationship was good to begin with, I think, because um, children can stray. I mean, you know, children will experiment, but um, the damage I believe will not be long lasting if um, there is a, you know, there's something that they can come home to and unburden, you know, and uh, they will come back. Yeah. So one of the points, uh, you know, um, that I get reminded of, Shalneji, when you mention about, you know, the bond between parents and children or between parents and, uh, you know, uh, uh, their uh, adult uh, or just uh, young adults is uh, that, the reason why uh, a teenager seeks help outside uh, of the parent circle is when they feel that they uh, and their parents are disconnected. So one of the ways, I mean, many of our, uh, you know, um, in our generation, uh, parents know that they uh, have lost the bond or the or the touch with their children, uh, but they don't know what or why <laughs> that happened. And uh, one of the things from my own experience is that um, as parents, um, you have to be able to know what uh, your uh, teenager's world is like. What kind of music do they listen to? Who are their heroes today? And and, uh, you know, uh, what are the things that sort of uh, set them apart or, uh, you know, what are the things that they do, which they feel, you know, makes them cool. Uh, if you are not in uh, on all these things, what happens is then the child, um, you know, automatically uh, feels that, uh, oh, you know, um, Amma, you don't know, you know, these things or, uh, you know, Nana does not know uh, about these, uh, you know, uh, cool stuff. So, then that you know gap grows as they grow older and then they seek help or validation or you know um, uh, support from somewhere else so it's extremely important for parents to be cool in their own child's uh, you know world and uh, you know language uh, they need to know who are who what uh, is defining their children's, uh, you know, um, uh, lives. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, add that that is something that uh, is upon parents and not on, you know, the children. Yeah, this is a very, very important point. And um, it's also important to be kind of worldly wise and to know the happenings in the world and to act as a filter between uh, your child and the world, you know, for as long as you can. Uh, because yeah. if something goes wrong, then the child, uh, from what I have seen, will have the confidence to come and tell you. They should have the confidence to come and tell you, uh, Amma, I think something is wrong and I think I need to actually see a mental health professional. You know, there are children who can actually say this to parents 
and i know the parents will take them seriously that is the level of understanding we need because um i think here you know in defense of parents we must also say that um if your child is facing a mental health issue it doesn't mean that you have failed as a parent it doesn't mean that your child is weak absolutely it just means yeah. that yes. sometimes things are really overwhelming in this world and that we yeah. don't have adequate support structures so even a parent needs support sometimes and um, oh, in these cases and also in the case where uh, a sudden traumatic event has happened in any child's life like the death of a parent a grandparent you know it becomes very important that these issues are addressed immediately by taking the help of a child or adolescent psychiatrist you know um, they they do so many things like cognitive behavior therapy and uh, sometimes um, even medication it the it sounds very difficult but for difficult times um, i think these uh, options should be considered seriously by parents and so that could make all the difference you know within a year you could have uh, the child um, you know back on uh, um, the correct yeah. path so right so these are not options that we should rule out for any reason um whether you feel inadequate or whether you feel um you know that you are no good these are not that's not the time for you to you know um think about those things if your child needs help uh, just go because sometimes you may not be equipped to um handle whatever's coming and that's a normal part of parenting right i mean i think parents need that reassurance also somewhere true yeah, yeah to be able to you know we accept not... and say okay this has happened what do we do now right uh, looking forward to the solution and being able to take that yes. step of okay this is there is a solution out there and being able to do and i want to also add that uh, sometimes as parents right i mean i'm sure all of us have faced this uh, sometimes children don't open up to us as parents but they open up to a cool aunt or a cool uncle right <laughs> so uh, often times i feel that um, if you are um, the, uh, uh, and you have the time and the cap- capability to be that cool aunt or cool uncle to uh, another child that is again a very safe environment that you're creating for uh, you know kids to open up because uh, sometimes it is uh, just by the nature of the relationship uh, of parent and child children don't open up to their own parents and uh, if you form that sort of uh, relationship with another child uh, that is also something that you know um, you could try so if you if you already have a child who's going through something and you know that you know uh, they're not uh, you know uh, seeking your help then um, it's absolutely normal and okay to reach out to another uh, you know adult who the child is connected to to be able to intervene and talk about it and create that sort of safe space for the kids i really like this point <laughs> you know it's uh, uh, first is the reminder to not take it personally if your child prefers to talk to somebody else and yes. not you okay yeah exactly is- because and this is coming from you know my personal experience i had you know a friend who said you know hey you know she thinks that you are very cool can can she speak to you so i was very surprised and i was like yeah that's true this may be the case with other kids also <laughs> so yes. yeah i just remember yes. that when you said this so i thought yeah and the the, the second point right there in what you said is um, try and remember that you can be that cool person for some other kid your child will not yes. consider you cool but uh, there's another <laughs> yes. child who will definitely consider you cooler than their own mother and father it's a part of growing up and uh, yes. the right help at the right time is what matters it doesn't matter 
you know whose child you help and uh, uh, you know if some yeah. other uh, adult helps your child at the end of the day we are all interested in uh, all our children growing up to be um, confident capable and productive young adults right and yeah joyful <laughs> joyful yes <laughs> since since we are about hindu parenting uh, what can we draw from uh, our hindu metaphysics that can help us as parents to bring up uh, good confident hindus this is a great point um, hindu metaphysics when you hear that term i think one of the first uh, things that come to your mind is this concept of karma and punarjanma right um so just think about uh, the hindu time scale right i mean we believe in multiple births we are not here only uh, for one birth and we are not here to experience or to enjoy everything possible and to deplete all the resources around us and to reach heaven that is not the purpose for us at all and uh, you know the, we take a very long term view of things right so mm. a kind a, a concern for nature uh, and um, sustainability is also built into this and it slows down your thinking right i mean slowing down thinking is uh, what yoga and meditation are all about anyway um so when you when you know that you are going to be back in a next birth uh, there's an incentive right there for you to take care of uh, you know the oceans and the planet and everything so hindu metaphysics is uh, definitely you know a core what do you say um something really core that helps you out with uh, forming your identity and getting rid of feelings of meaninglessness and um, also to you know develop qualities that can uh, actually help you navigate today's world in a much more mature way right uh, we have uh, concepts like uh, atmanigraha now um, what does that mean that just means that uh, you have some kind of a self regulation mechanism right and uh, again meditation and yoga are a great way to inculcate this but then you can't catch a young child and say meditate so you have to uh, take the uh, help of metaphysics you have to discuss things like punarjanma and uh, the concept of karma karma doesn't mean fate as it's commonly understood it just means that you are responsible for what is going to happen tomorrow right it's a very positive uh, way to for a reminder for you that many things are also in your hands right and um, uh, these kind of uh, things can really help to uh, work on lessening your anxiety to make you less depressed and uh, anything else you can think of reena shalini i think building up this uh, something that we call as viveka in our uh, in our world view you know the ability to discern that also and and that discernment comes only when you contemplate spend time uh, understand things which is not the case today with this yolo fomo generation you know so um, i think we have to get out of that and slow down the pace which doesn't mean become lethargic it just means you become more uh, conscious you become more uh, aware of what you're doing not doing just on the spur of the moment 
not doing just because somebody else is saying you're more in control of your actions so i think viveka develops when you are able to uh, slow down i think that's also very important uh, which will definitely stand the kid in good stead in, in the future and as the bhagavad gita says uh, we, the karma part of our metaphysics is uh, very good in the sense that it it really coaxes you to not think about the fruits of your action do what you can to the best of your ability the action, the fruits will come when the time is right you know it may be in this janma it may be in a next janma it may be uh, in a in a completely different context from uh, the one in which you acted but the fruits will come so i think that there's a lesson there also you know that and and this is something that only our uh, world view teaches and uh, speaking of the bhagavad gita there is also um a famous verse uh, that that says that uh, we are our own friends and we are our own enemies right so we eventually decide if we are going down the wrong path or the right path so it puts you in control of your destiny to a large extent and uh, i think that is yeah. a very empowering uh, takeaway from this whole conversation so to to sum up i just like to um remind that um, we are doing this series of podcast to understand the world of the young hindus today and uh, we have come to the conclusion that um they are under extreme pressure and um while these pressures are operating on all the children today uh hindu children are under extra pressure for reasons of identity because we we are fast losing at least the urban indians are fast losing the connect to culture and um and so we are experiencing a lot of the identity crisis already so the teenage identity crisis is another layer added on to an already existing identity crisis that we as hindus are going through so it can be particularly rough for us and our kids and uh, so we are standing at the edge of a precipice but on the other hand from all that we have spoken here uh, it should also be clear that we have an unusually robust ladder to climb out of that precipice right we have hindu metaphysics we have a lot of things our rituals we still have a lot of connect to uh, values and traditions and these are the things that are going to come in handy uh, when you have to deal with an identity crisis and uh, so yes uh, things may be looking rough but we also have a, a really robust solution in place yeah and in fact if not our uh, culture and civilization who else because ours is the one which has uh, the most beautiful tradition of storytelling i mean we weaved every single thing philosophy value uh, ethics uh, work life balance everything under the sun into stories so uh, with kids i think storytelling is something that we need to really bring it back and make it age appropriate and and opt them in ask them to come up with stories a question you know why rama did this do you think it's right or you know ask what was krishna's role uh, what did arjuna face uh, being able to contextualize that to the kids is where you know the parents uh, you know responsibility lies i feel 
so uh, we've spent a good amount of time you know going over up uh, previous episodes and summarizing the points in this uh, it has been a long series uh, we have done our best to cover whatever we think are contemporary concerns of parents and of the children hindu children in particular so we hope that the series has been useful and meaningful for our listeners and obviously they are up there on our substack and they are always ready reckoners for anyone who wants to uh, go back and listen to them uh, so we do request you to subscribe to our substack and follow us on all our social media handles we go with the handle hindu parenting on twitter on instagram on telegram on facebook we have a facebook group also and we are also on ku and uh, everywhere we are with the handle hindu parenting so it's easy you have any questions please do uh, use the comments tab below the podcast to write uh, to write your comments or ask your questions uh, we'll be happy to answer them besides we would also like to ask you if you'd like to uh, join up if we start a community where parents can share their concerns and their questions and in fact many parents will have solutions so solutions so it's an open forum which we are thinking that we should offer to our listeners to our subscribers so uh, do let us know if that's something that would uh, be uh, of use to you and uh, we will be back with you with another episode in a few days until then namaste namaste